0: Hello, my name is Joanna, and I welcome you to the Johanna Tarkunis, Cedric Deconstruction of the PTSD podcast. In this episode, we will go over a short overview of PTSD and its symptoms, just so we are all on the same page. The first thing you will really need to know about PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is that it's an, an umbrella term. For a very broad way of severity of symptoms and consequences, it's like calling everything from a cold up to lung cancer lung diseases. that means that the person who had a car crash gets basically the same diagnosis like the person who suffered decades of abuse, which then can lead to some confusion in your social environment. Why the way you are healing varies from the other person they know with the same diagnosis. But no matter which end of the spectrum you belong to, the core of it all is pretty simple. Your brain can sort the trauma in its boxes, therefore it cannot be resolved, and therefore it remains an issue. Depending on the extreme length and state of psychological stability, social environment, etc., the size of trauma varies and so does the severity of the trauma. I will differentiate mainly between PTSD, CPTSD and PDS. So I will usually use the term PTSD unless I want to specify anything. PTSD is usually based on a short term trauma, either in the past or recently. It is usually a singular event and can vary in form of strength of the trauma. For example, accidents, loss of someone, witnessing death, assault, etc. CPDSD or complex PTSD is usually trauma over a long period of time and/or extreme form of traumas. It has strong symptoms and is usually not considered curable. For example years of childhood abuse or strong abusive relationships. PTSD is mostly an add-on to CPTSD. It's a post-torture syndrome. It has additional symptoms and difficulties. I would also consider rape, depending on what happened to this category. As the name suggests, it's usually caused by torture. But not only people in professional torture's hands suffer from torture. But to this topic we talk about more in another episode. Before we get into the symptoms, I just want to say a few things. Firstly, remember that child is more easily traumatized than an adult. What would be no trauma for an adult can be a trauma to a child. Take that into consideration when remembering things from the past or dealing with traumatized children. I also expect that war influences the groups, as it is an extreme form of situation and therefore affects the brain. I include in the war segment everyone who was affected by the war environment. That means the soldiers that fought there, the persons that witnessed something, the person who had things happen to them, and so on. Secondly, the description I use are very basic and just there as an overview. And most importantly, no, don't compare your trauma with the trauma of other people. Your suffering is as valid as any other suffering. Same goes for their suffering. Just because the neighbor broke both of his legs and you just won, That doesn't make your pain any less painful or real. Don't compare. It will lead you nowhere and nothing really can be gained this way. This is about reducing the suffering that is caused by this nightmare. Nothing else. What are symptoms people usually have? The intensity of symptoms varies from person and day to day. Not everyone has every symptoms. So depending on the person and their variation of PTSD, here we have 15 symptoms and side effects of PTSD. First off we have restlessness. A feeling of you can't really find peace. It's like something is nagging you and you can't really point at it. It's just there. It just really makes you uncomfortable. Like an itch you can't really locate and scratch. Sleeping problems, aka insomnia. As the name suggests, it's when you have trouble sleeping, despite being really tired, having trouble to wake up, and or to sleep without breaks. That leads to rather unusual sleeping patterns, sometimes even complete inverted. It makes you, over time, feel like a living undead. I can only recommend to try to get any sleep you can. Thirdly, we have difficulties concentrating. Be it reading or trying to focus on something, etc. Concentrating can become basically impossible. This means that thinking becomes really hard, but to be honest, that also could be because of the lack of sleep and the stress. Either way, this causes a lot of headache. In my experience, it even went to a point when reading was for me an almost impossible task. I just couldn't focus. Not even kids' books. Fours are the nightmares. And I mean the really bad ones. Good thing is that you can learn to control those dreams. Not that they change normal dreams, but you are no longer lost in the dream. For me, it was lots of deaths, monsters, and so on. They were like horror movies. You know, those where basically no one survives? A stuffed animal helps me separate dream from reality. Fifth is emotional instability. It means you tear up more easily, get upset for a little reason, and overall feel like you are in an emotional roller coaster, and the lack of sleep and the enormous stress surely isn't really helping. So strong emotions happen for no apparent reason. This also includes angry outbursts and feeling of complete sadness over a small thing. Ever felt like not really being in control of your life? Someone else controlling your body? This might be the reason. Fear is the sixth point. And with that I mean the whole package. Anxiety attacks, panic attacks, heart racing, etc without any real reason, a constant feeling of fear and or being afraid. At one point, I felt like I would die from all the fear I felt, felt like a deer hunted by a wolf or a monster. Seventh are the hallucination, as in seeing something that isn't really there. Usually it's something specific and not just anything. The more you are at your limit, the more likely you see it. The good thing is, whatever you are seeing has meaning. Try to figure out what, and they usually disappear. Hopefully. Sometimes so just to be replaced by another one. Eight are flashbacks. When you are forced to remember something, you didn't really have intentions to remember. Sometimes accompanied by pain, stress, emotional strong reactions, etc., which basically means your brain can, so to speak, no longer contain the trauma, and the trauma is spilling over, and you can see aspects or moments of it. Ninth, are triggered behavior. A reaction with strong stress, emotionally strong, for no apparent reason. Seemingly out of nowhere. It can be done by sounds, smell, touch, or seeing something. Basically by any of your senses. These triggers are connected to your trauma. This can be helpful, but we get to that in a later episode. Tenths are physical symptoms. This includes things like sweating, pain, sick or trembling. Once again, for no apparent reason. It just shows that something is wrong. It's like you have a malfunctioning body. It is usually mostly annoying and confusing in my opinion but it adds to the stress. Eleventh, evading of specific things that could trigger you. As much as I approve of it while recovering from a bad day, it's overall a bad move. The more you avoid it, the stronger the reaction and the trigger will be. This can also occur subconsciously. So your surrounding might have noticed and might bring this to your attention. Twelve. Sadly, all of this often leads also to destructive behavior, like drug usage, self-harm or alcohol. Because people are trying to find a way to deal with the situation. I understand that, but sadly it makes the situation only worse, as more substances increase psychological instability. So don't try to get rid of both at the same time, that is too much. And try to get help. See if you can reduce it as far as you can, and replace it with a harmless addiction—sports, games, etc.—to get away from it. But please, don't shy away from trying to get help. Speaking about it alone can be enormous help. Thirteen. Often, PTSD is accompanied by other illnesses, like, for example most of the time a form of eating disorder accompanied. it. Depression is usually long for the ride, but so are also impulse disorders. In my experience, once your PTSD gets better, the side illnesses also get better, because the origin of these illnesses is the PTSD. Fourteenth is chest pain. It's strange going from adult pain to unbearable painful. In my experience, the pain raises the worse your PTSD is. A good warning sign. You are getting a bad face again. That was my strongest symptom. I felt like I was eating alive by those bugs from the mummy. But I just couldn't die. I just felt this agonizing pain. Like someone was ripping my ribcapes open. Later it became only abnormal pain. Like if I ran too much. But every now I occasionally get a slight pain, and I now have to dive it back to prevent bad things from happening and fifteenth last but definitely not least, all of this also often leads to the breakdown of social environment, which further weakens you. It's hard to keep relationships and friendships alive during these trying times, but losing them makes it only worse, which can lead to isolation. I know I don't have to say this, but try to keep your friendships alive. But most importantly, don't overdo yourself and get worse from it. Friendships can be rekindled and people understand if you can do less at the time. Just contact them once in a while when you can. For me, one of the most important symptoms is still the restlessness. As it's usually the earliest sign that something is wrong even often before PTSD fully unfolds. Therefore, it's a great warning sign. Even if you have it, it's great for warning you for a dip that is about to happen. It's like you're being hunted and in danger, but you don't know where the threat is coming from. Always on the edge, no deep relaxation, In deep down, the knowledge something is there, and it's not friendly. In this stage, the fully PTSD might not have happened yet, and treatment is much easier. So I didn't really have flashbacks. Those are among the most important symptoms too. If you keep remembering something, or more importantly, if you start seeing something that isn't there, then that's a clear red flag that there is something the brain really needs to work on. Because if you try to suppress a memory, it's like one of those pool float boards. The more you push it down and the more you put force on it, the stronger it will skyrocket up and go straight in your face. As usual. Therefore, the flashback and the hallucinations will get worse and more extreme the more you ignore them. Which is why you should try to figure out what to do as soon as you can. To be honest, it's not really hard to find out that you have PTSD once you know that your symptoms are pointing that way and you are being honest with yourself. One big point, especially for people who their tormentor is someone forbidden, like the mother, or so, is that they deny that it ever happened. Sometimes it's impressive how far the denial can go. Even when presented with pictures, it can be ignored. Additionally, they were usually taught, told from early on that they were imagining things and or that no one would believe and or that they deserve what is happening to them. I will be honest with you. Especially if you had such a conditioning, the biggest enemy for you is yourself. As the mind under PTSD has a very self-destructive tendencies. For example, if you hear too fast, your brain will reset that change back to before, if not even more. As it doesn't want to change anything, even if that means that it would get better and survive. Our brain is an amazing thing, who helps us survive the impossible. But with PTSD and some other cases, it is sabotaging the healing. It's like having a translator who really wants to sabotage you, like a false friend would. So, in tools, it has more to do that the brain is trying to stay alive, but the mechanism it uses has the opposite effect. An important part of getting rid of PTSD is to reteach the brains in several things. Yes? The brain can be taught things. It's also not very great that it's not easy to get help, good help. As in sometimes you literally can't. They won't let you. Sometimes they just don't exist. Anymore? Some even prey on the victims. Some like to use them for themselves and their purposes. Sell them snake oil. Pretty much the most disgusting thing I know people can do. But it doesn't always have to be professional help. Alone having someone to talk to is immensely helpful. Not just about the PTSD stuff, but overall. Just to talk to someone about your daily worries is very good. I joined a forum where other PTSD sufferers were, who simply understood the sentence, I am so happy I could do the dishes today, and knew what an achievement that can be. It felt so good to finally have someone understood your feelings. But everyone is different. Seek the form of communication you feel most comfortable with. I know it can be really hard to keep up friendship during these confusing times. But just do what you can. Also, take care that you don't overburden yourself. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So take a deep breath, go steady, and you will get there eventually. And that was it for today. And the overview of PTSD and its symptoms. I hope I helped you and cleared up a few things. Thank you for listening. Next time I will go to the heart of the issue and talk about trauma. Hope you liked this episode and leave some feedback. Also, you can visit me on johannatracones.com. Watch yourself and have a wonderful time.